0: Good morning. It's Thursday, April 9th, 2015. This is Tech Talk Today, episode 155. Is that even possible? How did I do 155 of these things? Boy I, I thought, boy, if I ever make it to 100, I'm going to be pretty proud. Actually, no, It's this is 156. This is 150. That's, that's, I'm leaving. I'm done. See you guys later. Thanks for tuning in. See ya. What? What do you mean? Contractually obligated. What are you talking? Oh, oh, oh. Well, I guess I have a show to do. So, uh, coming up in today's episode, there is some big news. Uh, something you've probably heard of. One of the uh, social networks you've probably gotten sucked into just made a huge purchase. They want to make you even smarter. YouTube's got an idea that they think's going to make me more money. I'm skeptical, and I probably won't be getting my hands on that Samsung Edge anytime soon. We'll tell you why. Plus, we've got some great feedback and potentially a hidden backdoor built into OS 10, and maybe one of the more interesting things to come to OS 10 in the last few years is landing on Linux. That's a lot to get through. So, to help me do that, let's bring in our panel of trained experts on internet commentary. Time-appropriate greetings, Mumble Room. Time-appropriate greetings. Time-appropriate greetings. Time-appropriate All right. So, let's start with uh, LinkedIn being cray. So, you know, LinkedIn's got uh, big daddy money right now. So, they went out and bought lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com, the online training that... uh, Place that uh, I actually never quite knew exactly what their long-term goal was, but uh, I, I guess it was a sell. And uh, I LinkedIn kind of makes sense when you think about it because you could tie in the, uh, uh, will they ever actually execute on this? Um, that's an entirely different uh, question. I'll ask that to the mumble room. But here's why I think Linda and LinkedIn make a lot of sense. I would love to see a system where my accomplishments in Linda could be reflected on my LinkedIn profile so I could essentially have a bank of achievements. Sort of like when you go to somebody's Xbox Live profile or Steam profile and you see all of the game achievements, this could be the same thing only for education. So I I have unlocked the Training Linux badge. I've unlocked the Apache Essentials badge. And all of these things could be displayed on my LinkedIn network and they would spam all of the followers on LinkedIn. Look at Chris. Look at Chris. And you could even tie this in as part of LinkedIn Pro because don't forget that LinkedIn has a paid component. So you integrate the lynda.com with the LinkedIn paid component and then you automatically post all of your successes to your LinkedIn status page and then when people are out there looking for you they also can see all the training you've done it's kind of an interesting idea I don't know if that's what they're gonna do what do you think Mumbarum, would that kind of tie-in work could you see Linda and LinkedIn working together like that I I'd say it would work v- very good but you've got to be careful not to get into vendor lock-in where people start expecting Linda qualifications right they do have a 45 second video all right all right let's do it I- I'm crazy. Let's play this. Today, LinkedIn is excited to announce our acquisition of lynda.com. Yeah. This is our largest acquisition to date, and incredibly important in terms of realizing our vision to create economic opportunity for every member of the global workforce. Wow. 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 That's a that's The way a we're going to do that is by developing the world's first economic graph. Yeah. In other words, we're going to digitally map the global economy. Okay. What does that mean specifically? Yeah. We're going to have a profile for every member of the global workforce. That's horrible. We're going to have a profile for every company in the world. That's horrible. We're going to have a digital representation of every job and every skill required to obtain those jobs. That sounds impossible. Offered through those companies. Impossible. We're going to have a digital presence for every higher educational organization and university. Okay, do That doable. enables people to obtain those skills. Uh, and no. we want to make it easy for every individual, every company, and every university to share their professionally relevant knowledge. For some reason, this is scaring the hell out of me. This scares the
1: hell out of me. There's definitely potential in the way that you described and kind of the way this guy's uh, hitting on in the video, but I've just never been that fond of the user experience in LinkedIn, and I'm worried about it coming over into Linda, which I enjoy.
0: I hate LinkedIn. I hate it. I hate it so much. I get so many emails about, Chris, I want to be in your network I, and I somehow I ended up with like two or three LinkedIn profiles. I don't even know how the hell that happened and I'm getting spam on all of them constantly. Plus, I don't want a job. I got a job, so I don't feel like I need to go over there and nurture this social network, but yet I feel this really awkward pressure because I feel like there's people that are dependent on me to make their networks more complete and if I don't go in there and accept them and accept their connections, I'm actually hurting them. So then I feel this guilt for not being involved in LinkedIn and now they want to map the global economy. They want to map every single worker, every single job, every single educational possibility. How could anybody do this? They want to be the largest company in the world? I mean, not even Google can do this. It seems
2: like a single point of failure if, if it's going to be like everything. And I, I agree with you. I feel that social pressure too From because so many people I know online that I've interacted with on a deep level like are in it. <clears throat> also, what's interesting is EDX, the Linux training course that um, I think you guys mentioned on last uh, while ago, months ago. Yeah, the EDX. Not one, yeah. more. Yeah, they're actually impl- uh, implementing this with LinkedIn. So, like, huh. you do an EDX course on Linux, and it's going to show up on your LinkedIn profile now. So Ooh, that's another just, way it's I don't like the idea good.
0: of LinkedIn becoming the Facebook of the business world, where it's almost mandatory you're on there if you want to participate in any meaningful way. Like, I, this is why I still have a Facebook account, because all of my family is on Facebook. And when we go to family events, they're like, oh! did you see little Joey's thing? He sold his first house. We're so excited. And i was like, no, I didn't, I didn't see that. I hate Facebook. And so then I check Facebook now before I go to family events. I don't want to have to do this either. Like, uh, Anyways, I'm glad that LinkedIn is making a strategic move here. I don't think LinkedIn has what it takes. They just have never been able to fully execute in a very compelling way, in my opinion. They work for a lot of people. They integrate with more and more services now. Like uh, yesterday, I took a picture of a business card with Evernote. And Evernote's all like, hey, bro, you want to link your Evernote account to your LinkedIn account? I'm like, no, I do not want to do that, but why would I? Well, guess what? Now, Evernote, when you take a picture of a business card, will go look up all that person's information on LinkedIn and suck in all of their LinkedIn information into your Evernote contact. It's pretty nice, but it feels like it's one more thing that's pressuring me to use LinkedIn. No, thank you. Speaking of things you're pressured to use, at least if you're a content creator, YouTube! Now, YouTube's doing something a little different, though. We've heard rumors about this essentially since Tech Talk Today started. But they are working on a curated paid content system that supposedly would eliminate all ads for around $10 a month. Now, this is more important than ever for Google right now because they're under a lot of trouble with the YouTube Kids app. We've talked about the YouTube Kids app recently. Well, parents got their hands on it, and were shocked, shocked to find out that a company that makes 90% of its revenue from advertising (gasps) – Put ads in the app. Oh, my gosh. So parents are all freaked out that there's advertising to children. Uh, Parents, have you watched TV recently? I got a surprise for you. There's ads on TV, too. And so the parents are now going after Google through an advocacy group to stop this. So Google's under more pressure than ever to roll out a version of YouTube with no ads. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, put your money where your mouth is, $10 a month. And I can, I don't know, maybe I'm breaking NDA here. I probably am. Sorry, Googs. I love you, baby. But uh, I've already been given uh, a new uh, partner agreement from YouTube uh, for Jupiter Broadcasting that covers the legalese for this paid subscription. So I'm almost positive this is coming because I've already signed an agreement to allow it on my account. Uh, So the idea would be that you, as the user, go sign up for all you can eat, $10 a month, somewhere between $8 a month and $10 a month. I have no idea what the final pricing will be. Uh, And then creators have to be involved in this program as well. So that would be Jupiter Broadcasting. And the part I'm not totally clear on is if these videos that I release will only be available to people with YouTube premium. Because if that's the case, ain't no way in hell I'm going to do that. No way in hell. No, 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 no. That's not why I'm on YouTube. See, I'm on YouTube because I want eyeballs. That's why I'm even wasting my time with that crappy site. So there's no way I'm going to put that behind a paywall. Now, if you could pay and not have any ads on any of my videos, I'm all for that. More power to you. Have at it, Haas. I don't care. I'm putting it up on YouTube. I don't make any money off YouTube as it is anyways. I would love to make some money off YouTube for God's sakes. I know it takes a ton of my time as it is. Anyways, the idea is this is a double whammy for YouTube. Not only can they cut down on ads, which is an area they're continually getting a lot of pressure on, but if you 're going to as a content creator if you 're going to play ball with this new subscription system there's a lot of little little rules, a little policies you have to follow that are constantly adjusting, like how you display your ads, how long your ad reads are, uh, basically what ads you can even have there's YouTube has a little more room in there to get more involved with the content in early stages at this point but uh, YouTube going from kicked-in-the-nuts, and cat videos to premium content. Ham Radio, would you be willing to pay $10 a month to have premium access to YouTube channels? Sorry about that, Chris. So can you say that again? Would you be willing to pay $10 a month to YouTube? No. Yeah, I didn't think so.
1: See, I'd be willing to do it just so that my kid didn't have to suffer through uh, the commercials when he's trying to watch some kid videos. But I don't let him use my Google account when he's playing around on YouTube. So how is this going to work for me?
0: Bing, dingo. That's So this is what I was thinking. So I know Ham doesn't have any kids. So I figured that's what he would say. But there you go. Somebody with kids, you're totally willing to pay for this. However, that is a great question. And here's the sucky thing that I had to do. I had to go create my son Dylan a Google account. Like I'm like, here is a six-year-old now with a frickin'... Gmail account. That just doesn't. That, but it's the only way you can do it. So that way, if he logs into YouTube, he gets the kids stuff. Because if you don't log in, you just get everything. So you have to make an account. Of course. Now, what are they doing? They're tracking every single thing he does logged in as that account, starting at six years old. Yeah, that's yeah, not. I, I don't know. YouTube isn't worth ten dollars a month for me. Is Hulu? Is Netflix? I'd say it'd be worth it if you could. Be removed from the tracking for the whole of Google, but just for right.
1: YouTube is. There you it's go. It's just meaningless.
0: Yeah, I'd pay like twelve bucks, 12, 15 bucks a month to Google to get access to everything Google has with zero tracking.
1: You know, I've got I pay ten dollars a month for Play All Access because I really like Google Play Music. Right. Um, so if they offered it at a discount, you know, maybe five dollars, if you've already got Play All Access, they might get me.
0: I agree. I think I think if you can bundle it with, there are a few things that Google has right now that I'm willing to pay. Reoccurring subscriptions for One is Drive I've now upda- upgraded to like a terabyte drive Because I'm using it for the photo backup And the other is Google Play I think that Google music, Play music Is actually pretty good And um, I'm willing to pay like seven ninety nine a month for that And if they could just sort of Give me a, a Go- Make it the Google Play subscription You get Drive You get music You get videos And you get whatever the hell else They're going to include like with YouTube And uh, I- I'm in I- That's not bad cuz right now well, right now the, uh, the Google Play services are they're okay. They're definitely not the best in the industry and you could take them or leave them. You know, you could get an Android device and you could go Amazon Cloud Drive, Amazon Music or you could go Spotify, you know, Beats, uh, uh, Ridio, all these things. You don't have to be tied in to to the Google side and it's just not compelling enough to make you tied in. So m- if they could make it more interesting uh, and then you know you think down the road, long term, they, they could really tie some stuff together. And I'm, you know what, I'm going to be enjoying all of it on my Nexus Five for a while. It sounds like because the Samsung supplies for the new Edge are running out already before the 10th, when these things actually go available for for shipment, they're already running out. Apparently, guess what? According to inside sources from Samsung, the Edge Galaxy S6 Edge hard to manufacture. Hmm, really. <laughs> <laughs> So really, let me see. A super advanced screen with a high DPI that we've never seen before with curved Gorilla Four glass, the first phone to ever ship with Gorilla Four Glass as far as I know. Uh and uh and curved glass on both edges with the screen. I, really hard to make, you don't say. Uh yeah, I, I, I figure. That's one of the reasons I put a pre-order in. Um you know, the S six, the standard S six, a little more reasonable. T Mobile users who have pre-ordered are already starting to get some of their S sixes, so I'm a little jelly. But it's not too unusual. When you push the design edge and you introduce something new. The manufacturing people have to manufacture that for the first time. Of course there's going to be kinks to work out. Of course. That's how technology works. But if I ever get mine, I'll let you know.
1: I really? True or not, I would say this story works in Samsung's favor yes. in a marketing sense. Yes,
0: yes. Yes, it's. Is is this not sort of reminiscent of the iPhone news cycle a little bit for the S6 products? It's not quite as um as much of a drumbeat, but you have the big build up, you have the big announcement, you have the early pre releases where the reviews leak out, or the the reviews are released uh, uh, a week before the the uh, pre orders go out, and then right before the pre orders come out, you have rumors about constraints of supply because the design is pushing the edge so much. But huh. am bump the edge uh, and then and then sales start. This is exactly the same hype cycle that the iPhone follows. It's what OnePlus used to with their Right. Well, OnePlus did it a will... little more uniquely with the invite system. I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, while we're on the topic of Apple and difficult manufacturing, apparently it's pretty hard to make Apple's operating system as well. There, this is according to trusecdev.wordpress.com. So we'll wait for additional confirmations. But as we went on air this morning, I was seeing this uh, story pick up a lot of traction on Hacker News, so I figured we'd give it a quick cover here with uh, follow-up coverage uh, later on in the day in TechSnap if the story continues to develop. TechSnap today. So the TLDR is the admin for framework in Apple's OS X, which is what allows you to do remote administration. It's a pretty handy tool uh, for OS X networks. Contains a hidden backdoor API. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Given your root privileges, it's been there for several years, at least at least since 2011. And this guy, the guy that wrote this post, found it in October of 2014. He says it can be easily exploited to escalate privileges to root from any user account in the system. Ooh, The intention was probably to serve the system preferences app. And system set up a command line tool, but for any user with the same functionality. Mm. But, of course, Apple's like, oh, let's just build this in here. Nobody will ever find this. Apple has now released OS 10.3, where the issue has finally been resolved in OS 10.10.3. If you're using OS 10.9 like any of the good versions of OS 10, well, actually, 10.7 was the last good version of OS 10, but 10.9's not bad. 10.8's horrible. 10.9 and older still remain vulnerable, and Apple has decided not to patch these versions at all. If you want this built-in, intentional backdoor that gives root access to any user, you have to upgrade to OS 10.10.3. Now, that is literally an impossibility for the Jupyter Broadcasting Studios. There's a piece of software we use that does not work very well under Yosemite. So, for the time being, have that at Haas. The Jupyter Broadcasting's recording machine is wide open to remote root privileges. And I can say that because we also have the remote management framework turned on. (laughs) Yay. And here's a little demo if you want to try it. And for more information, go look up CVE 2013-1775, a pseudo authentication bypass bug. And we will have uh, more information about that separate bug in TechSnap as well. So it should be a good story for TechSnap to break down. I wanted to put it in front of you today just in case you didn't get a chance to listen since that's such a long show. It probably won't be until the roundup. There you have it and we'll have the full information in L show notes. Moving on really quick. GXN writes in on follow-up on yesterday's tech or two days ago. The Bitcoin Recession episode. He was a little disappointed in our coverage of Bitcoin. He says he perked up listening to the Bitcoin Recession because I expected some thoughtful Bitcoin discussion. But instead, we were kind of poking fun at Bitcoin and the Bitcoin Foundation. And the topic of the Bitcoin Foundation going bankrupt could have promoted a discussion on the problem of achieving a decentralized development when developers need to be paid. Instead, you guys cracked a few jokes. Yeah. You know, I think really because there's not a lot there to the story yet. You have the the media reporting that the Bitcoin Foundation is going bankrupt. You have the Bitcoin Foundation saying they haven't gone bankrupt. It's a story that's in progress. And this is going to happen sometimes in Tech Talk is you will find when a story breaks, we might cover it initially. I might give it a mention on the show like I just did with the OS X um, built in backdoor. And, then if that, and, and at that first coverage, there might not be anything of too much substance. That's a bit of a nature of the beast of a daily show because the stories continue to develop uh, every single day. Whereas a show like TechSnap, we take a week-back perspective. In fact, sometimes we, we actively opt not to choose that week's story so that way we choose the weeks previous. So that they're really meaty. We can really give you some detail on them. Now, how do, I com- how do you compensate for that in a daily show? Well, take a look at something like the Sony hack that we had that we covered recently. That, that Sony Entertainment Pictures hack was like a two-week story on the show. Every single day for about two weeks, we progressed the story. So the downside is you don't get it all in one shot. But the upside is, is if you have the um, routine to listen to the show every single day, you will be informed daily as the story develops. And what is fascinating when you follow a story that way is a lo- there's a lot of little nuance and details that you pick up on. And and the timing of things that you pick up on that you don't normally get when you just do the week review. So there is definite advantage to the daily take as well. But it does mean sometimes uh, first pass on discussions – Um, are just our first pass. They're literally our first thoughts on a story, our first reaction. And then as time goes by and a story develops, we continue to think about it. The mumble room continues to think about it. I continue to think about it. And then we'll sometimes kick it around more and more. Right now, I don't think there's a lot of discussion to be had around the Bitcoin Bitcoin foundation story. I think we have to wait for a couple of more pieces to fall in. And then once those pieces click into their place, we'll have a complete story and a better, broader basis to have a pretty in-depth discussion about it. Right now, it's just not where the story's at. In my opinion, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But for this show, not there yet. Doesn't mean it's incapable of happening on the show, but just for that particular story. I do appreciate GX the uh, feedback though, because I know that there's not a lot of source for Bitcoin news on the network, so it is maybe a little more incumbent upon us to try to raise the bar of the Bitcoin discussion since we're lacking in other places. In fact, he leaves a comment that says, "P.S. Never forget Plan B. I don't. I never forget Plan B. I think about it all the time, actually. And I think, gosh, I wish I wish Bitcoin was uh, <laughs> doing better." <laughs> I shouldn't say
2: that. (laughs) Like, I totally understand where he's coming from of the uh, decentralized thing, but the thing is, so much has been taken advantage by um, the venture capitalists for Bitcoin that it's it's that's why we laugh, or that's why I think it's laughable because some like the Butterfly Labs guy are in their indictment, and it's like people got kind of
0: crazy with greed. (sighs)
2: Exactly. And it's totally out of the average user's hand. Like mm-hmm. if an average user wants to get into Bitcoin, you might as well be like paying for like a farm or something or or buying um, time from farming. Um, True. You Bitcoin could be leasing a car or something. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, it's something I think, though, that does relevant, that does um does deserve a more relevant discussion, which we'll probably have. It just depends on the story from time to time, though. Uh, and and I've I've also thought about uh, maybe every now and then when, when like uh, like if I'm traveling for a week, maybe switching the show to a weekly format during those times, and then giving pieces much much broader discussion, maybe like twenty minutes a uh, story. And, and we might do that during the summer when I'm traveling to like a fest or something like that. But. Um, yeah, it's so I continue to send that feedback, and if you'd like to give us feedback, techtalktoday.reddit.com is the best place to get that in front of my face. Before we run, this might be a story for Linux Unplugged, but perhaps we have discovered the universal package manager we've all been waiting for for Linux, and it's coming from OS 10. Well, sort of. You might be familiar with Brew. Brew is a software project that designs to make OS 10 usable for human beings. You know. In two, 2015, this, the, it's not all of that unreasonable to expect a software repository and a piece of software on your computer that can keep track of what has been installed, what hasn't been installed, and what has updates. A crazy concept, I know. OS 10 still doesn't quite have that down. They do have the App Store. Not quite the same thing. So, Brew came along. There's, been, there's Fink. There's been other projects along the way. Brew is the most popular one on OS 10 right now. And it is a lot like apt Git for OS 10. Now, you might be thinking, Chris, why are you telling me about this? Because there is now a thing called Linux Brew. Linux Brew! That's right. You can now run Brew, well, right now, on Debian, Ubuntu, or Fedora. But my friends, in the not-too-distant future, perhaps this could have even all distributions. It is a distro-independent package manager. Not the first time we've seen this. But it is the first time we've seen this where there already is perhaps... There is potentially... uh, This is a total like uh, um, pie-in-the-sky call here. But there's potentially more people using Brew than some of the most popular Linux distributions. Like some of the lower ones, like, you know, Mandriva or OpenSUSE. I bet there is just as many people using those distros as their desktop, not on the server, as their desktop, as there are people using Brew on the desktop. It's definitely possible. Brew is huge. Uh, Brew is so huge that when there's big updates, they they can sometimes crash mirrors as people are doing their updates. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't seen any numbers from either side, but that's my way of saying Brew's a pretty big deal. And it's great to see it coming to Linux. And I have I've literally talked to Mac switchers who have switched to Linux and said, I miss Brew. And I'm like, are you joking? Because to me, Brew is like this, you know, it's half ass compared to a real package manager. But people miss it. It's true. So I'm glad it's here. Any thoughts, guys, before we move on?
1: Uh, I'd like to jump back previously. Um, One of the great things about this show is that if you uh, would like to see something a little bit different and it's possible, come join the mumble room or the chat room and get your feedback. If it's bitcoins or otherwise, get your feedback in.
0: Totally. Yeah, we do an open mumble room. (laughs) Thanks for plugging that. (laughs) You just show up 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, uh, Tuesday through Friday. And uh, you just have to have a working mic We'll do a quick sound check And then uh, you can jump in the mumble room And discuss the stories with us Or the chat room And also if you can't be here during the day Because, you know, a lifetime doesn't work for everybody For most people actually Techtalktoday.reddit.com That's another good way to get your info in Alright, let's talk about how you can help us keep on going Patreon.com slash today 471 Yeah, that's awesome woo You know what I gotta do for that? I gotta give you guys Let's see here Let's do a How about a, winner, how about a winner's bell? There you go, a winner's bell for you guys And uh, I love it, in fact, you know what else? I'll also, i Bill, Bill him or laugh
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good job guys, you got Bill laughing Patreon.com slash today 471 of you are helping the Jupiter Broadcasting Network Keep it weird, keep growing, plan for our fest Future growth, and do things like Help us finance the production of our shows Patreon.com slash today Thanks to everybody who goes over there Keeps us going, check those behind the scenes Activity feeds as well, and don't forget We also have the Unfilter subreddit with all, or I'm sorry, the unfiltered Patreon with all kinds of good stuff in it. Alright. So, let's wrap it up with one last... I'm going to try not to do any more watch commercials. I'm going to try to be done, because you know, well, I mean, it's it's watch week. Apple Watch tomorrow. We, it got to do watch stuff, right? So one more. Let's do one more. And this is it. No more watch stuff after this. Because, why would you ever want another watch after this commercial? I, don't buy an Apple Watch. Go get yourself a video game watch. See you tomorrow, everybody.
1: See what... Crazy cartoons right on your wrist. It's a fun invasion. The time is 3 right p.m. I love you. Hello.
2: <laughs> totally. Girlfriend. Aye, aye, aye. Or me. What's up? me. Crazy. Contagious. Constantly outrageous. You talking to me? Sea watches are taking over the world, he told Everyone.